0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, bet online, your online sportsbook expert.
1: Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast.
2: Cannon Fire Podcast, brother.
1: You ain't listening, and you're missing out.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast live on YouTube today for episode 181. We have got some Buccaneer developments, some roster moves the day before the NFL Draft. We'll talk to you about that here shortly, but welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, The Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And, of course, we are not alone. Joining us today, you know him well. The man needs no introduction, so he's not going to get one. Let's go ahead and get into this. No, I'm just kidding. Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube, our good buddy James Hill. James Moneybags Hill. Anything I can think of to call him. There's your introduction. Don't say I don't do anything for you. Shout out to our people hanging out in the live chat. I see our buddy Nestor Cervantes is in here. Pac-Man 504. Fresh the killer. Willie Beeman holding it down. First moderator in the room, I see. So, boys, we've got some news. We have got some Buccaneer news. First and foremost, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have agreed to terms with Antonio Brown on a one-year deal. Pin has not been put to paper just yet. But it's the one-year deal I think we expected A-B to get. The numbers look like this. It is a deal worth up to $6.25 million, but it is $3.1 million guaranteed. $2 million of that three point one dollars comes from a $2 million signing bonus. So Antonio Brown is playing with a salary of $1.1 million in 2021. But the most important part, he is back in red and pewter. A great signing for the bucks and just another staple of what's made this offseason so special. I mean, consistency like this from a team that just won the Super Bowl at this rate and signing everybody back and keeping the team together, it seems almost unheard of. But, uh, Evan, your thoughts on AB coming back?
2: Booming, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what business is. Um, this was very unexpected to me at this point, just because at this point in the process, I thought they'd wait until the draft and maybe they got some intel that some of their guys wouldn't even be there and they didn't really love it so they were like okay might as well do it right now uh i think this definitely probably eliminates a wide receiver at 32 i wouldn't i wouldn't say it eliminates it in the second or third round because it's still just a one-year deal right but i would say at, at 32 if you're drafting the guy at 32 like he's gonna be at best probably your fourth wide receiver like i doubt that so um i would doubt they draft one at 32 now but Uh, I I do think that uh, it's a good deal. It's what the Bucs always, always just kind of wanted. You know, Antonio Brown was looking for seven, $8 million a year. Didn't quite get there. The Bucs wanted a little bit lower with less guarantees and they got that. So I think both sides are happy and uh, it's, it's nice to have him back.
0: Yeah. And with the news uh, less than last week or less than a week ago of that case that was over his head being settled on, you kind of expected something to happen sooner than later. Personally, I thought it was going to be after the draft. I think all three of us did too. Um, but clearly, the Buccaneers had a number they wanted to pitch at him. Maybe Brady was able to, you know, finish and seal the deal at UFC 261 the other night when they were hanging out. But uh, yeah, AB back in red and pewter. Your thoughts, James?
1: Yeah, um, you know it, it's interesting. I, you know, it's what everybody expected for weeks and weeks now. Like Evan said a little not a little weird for the timing you know i guess signings can happen at any point but um you know yeah I'm, I'm honestly surprised this didn't happen sooner but obviously with all the you know off the field stuff getting cleared up a little bit some more clarity in those situations that paved the way for something like this to get done you know rick stroud had even said literally as soon as the news came out that um You know, some of that off-field stuff had gotten cleared up. He said, you know, it's going to happen soon here, you know, and it did. So, like Evan said, this is a good move for everybody involved. I mean, this is where Antonio Brown wants to be. It's honestly where he should be considering, you know, the people around him in terms of making sure that he's able to stay focused on the field and off the field, hopefully, as well. Um, you really have all the guys around him with Brady Arians, you know, some of the other leaders, both on the coaching staff and in the locker room. So it it was a move that made sense, you know, from the jump for everybody involved. And, um, yeah, it's just continuing to add everybody back. You know, now it's like, if it wasn't already official, it's officially, officially official. Everybody's back. Uh, which has just made, you know, Twitter freak out even more. Uh, which is always fun to see. So, yeah, overall, solid move.
0: Oh, yeah, man. Checking in with the live chat. Our guy Fresh the Killer has a question about Tyler Johnson. Uh, Does the re-signing of Antonio Brown ultimately hurt his playing time? And I feel like it's, you know, a simple yes is the short answer. uh, But the long answer, I'm going to toss it over to you, Evan. What do you forecast for Tyler Johnson this upcoming season? Because I know we talked about, you know, the possibility of AB possibly not being here not really knowing what the bucks were going to do with that pick at 32, if they wanted to go wide receiver, because you have to think now that you're going to have both Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin free agents this time next year. So, so what do you think that uh, that leaves Tyler Johnson in the middle of all this?
2: Yeah, well, I think for 2021, it definitely limits the snaps. I mean, I think it even limits Scotty Miller snaps, even though Miller's more of a, a specialist and just a deep ball guy than, yeah. than Johnson Johnson's the more you know well-rounded receiver, but Yeah, it's obviously going to limit his snaps, which kind of sucks, but I do know that the Bucs do like him a lot, and I just think that right now they believe he's not quite ready to take over the number three wide receiver. Better safe than sorry, right? Um, I I think they were going to draft a wide receiver fairly early if they didn't re-sign Antonio Brown, because – They really learned a lot from that Chicago game. They just didn't have the weapons. Mike Evans was banged up. Chris Godwin didn't play. And, I mean, Tyler Johnson played a little bit. Scotty Miller played a little bit, but they just didn't have enough depth there. Now their depth is immediately bolstered. It does come at the expense of some playing time for a guy like Tyler Johnson. I have no doubts that I think in the future, possibly even next season, 2022, Johnson could see a really increased role. I just think right now in year two for him. He, he's not quite there yet. You got to remember at the end of the day, he was a fifth round pick, right? It's not like this guy was drafted in the second or third round and you're expecting him to make an impact. He was still a fifth round pick, bring him along slowly, and I think he'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Now, as far as the rest of the moves go today, because there's been a couple more, after the Antonio Brown signing, this came out. Uh, before the new deal with AB, the Buccaneers had about 950000 in cap space, or uh, I'm sorry, under the salary cap. Per the NFLPA records, so they'll have to make cuts and restructures to get AB's contract and eventually draft picks back under the cap. And that's where this next move comes into play. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and tight end Cameron Brait agreed to a rework deal that clears out four point six nine million dollars in cap space. Cam Brait gets a 2.425 signing bonus. And his salary is now a million in 2021 with a team option for the final two years of his deal. Now, we never really broke down the specifics of what Cam Brate's deal looked like, but this restructure, what kind of money does it save the Bucks? And I mean, you know, how much better do you have to feel if you're a big fan of Cam Brate here?
2: Well, it essentially almost guarantees a spot
0: that he'll be back
2: because oh, yeah. if, you know, if they would have just cut him, right, if if they if they really just didn't want him back. So he'll be back. So all Cameron Brait fans that didn't want to see him go and they think that he's better than O.J. Howard and stuff like that, there's reasonable arguments for all, right? But, you know, he'll be back. Um, it's essentially a one-year deal almost at this point because his salary, they didn't really guarantee it any more than they they already did. Like there was already no guaranteed salary for the rest of his contract, yeah. right? So that's why he was an easy cut because they didn't really owe him anything. It's still the same thing. It's just this year that they are able to save a little bit more money. And it's essentially, I believe there's a few option years in there and year one next year and year after that, I think there's an option. So you know, they still do have Rob is a free agent next year. OJ Howard is also a free agent next year. Um, so there's still going to be tight end questions there. But for now, Cameron Bates on the team. And he's, I mean, he's still on a contract for like the next year after that. But um, we'll, we'll see what the Bucks decide to do. But for now, uh, the Bucks still have a, a loaded tight end room. Yeah.
1: James, your thoughts. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> you know, hey, props to Cameron. I mean, he probably didn't have a choice it's either hey you restructure this deal or we just cut you out right but hey still props to Cameron Braid for you know doing that saving the Buccaneers some money he's always been a team guy this is the second time is this the second time in two years he's restructured his deal uh yeah this is yeah
2: yeah. last year it was a simple just a pay cut they didn't do anything with the options or anything like that last year it was literally they took his salary down this year it's a little bit more complicated but yeah
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, props to him for that being, you know, a team guy and, you know, saving the team money. Um, Like Evan said, guarantees a spot that he's going to be back. Going to be an interesting situation next year with the tight end room, because, you know, like Evan said, again, Gronk's got an expiring contract. OJ's got an expiring contract. Cam Brate's going to be the only guy left under contract. Um, But I mean, this is, I feel like this is a conversation we have every year. It's like, oh man, what are the bucks going to do with Cameron Brate? They're giving him a lot of money. So yeah. Uh-huh. You know, at least for this year, this means that, you know, he's going to be back and I'm sure he'll be productive in his own ways that he's been before. Um, so overall, it was just a solid move for Cam to be a team guy and go ahead and take that restructuring. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see what the future holds for him.
0: Yeah, and I think this pair of moves, you know, comes at a really good time. But at the end of the day, it speaks volumes to the type of offseason that Jason Light uh, Greenberg and and the rest of his staff have put together, man, the cap Olympics that they have played with, but keeping this team together, like it's just, you know, a lot of people keep saying it, but it's almost unheard of because this time two months ago, everybody's like, well, where's the money? You know what I mean? You're not going to have enough money to pay everybody. You're going to have to kind of expect to lose a couple of pieces here. And listen, we're not going to say that we weren't in that group because I fully expected we were going to lose Leonard Fournette. I, I had a good feeling about AB coming back. We both did, but, you know, I think both of us had kind of said that we're going to lose Leonard Fournette. Bucks are able to make that work and pay him peanuts compared to maybe what some other teams were going to pay him. Um, Antonio Brown, same situation. It's weird to say out loud that he's playing on a $1.1 million salary, but that's the case of AB in 2021. And the fact that he sticks around in red and pewter is that much sweeter. Now, we do have the NFL draft coming up, and I figured, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that as well let's kind of kick things off I want to talk about some some trade targets or maybe some guys who are uh at risk of that because I think cam brait was someone we talked about leading up to the draft is you know what I mean like I don't really know what the bucks are gonna do with cam brait until after the draft because we talked a lot about him being uh the guy who gets traded on draft night if the bucks feel lucky enough to want to move up to a certain pick that they like or Whatever the deal is, we kind of looked at Cam Brait as somebody in there. Evan, in your mind, you know, now that Cam Brate's restructured and it's pretty much locked in that he's here, are there any other trade candidates on this team uh, with the draft in a little over 24 hours?
2: So you're talking about if like a player, right? Not, yeah, sure. not necessarily draft picks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's one obvious one. I just don't think you're going to get as much value for him as you would like. So I think he's not going to go anywhere. It's Ronald Jones. Yeah. Um, I think that's the that's the one obvious one um, is it's already a crowded running back room and if they truly like on Vaughn, which I have my doubts that they actually do, um, maybe you do see Jones shipped out. I think it, you would see Jones shipped out if they were trading up for like a Najee Harris. Like I, right. I don't think like I don't think they would just trade Jones without having a plan quickly to replace him. Um, I wouldn't expect it. I'm not saying that Ronald Jones is going to get traded. I'm just looking at the roster and saying maybe he's a guy. Maybe OJ Howard's a guy. The thing with OJ Howard is he's coming off a major injury. Teams are going to want to know what his medicals are like before making any such move. So, it's a little bit tougher for him. I think Ronald Jones could be a candidate. I don't think any of those guys are going to be traded. I don't think the bugs have any interest in trading anybody from their roster. Uh, draft pick, sure, but I don't physical players. I don't think they have any interest in doing it right now. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't expect it. But if if the, you had to choose two guys, I would choose say Jones or Howard would be the two most likely guys.
0: Yeah, I know Howard was a hot topic because it kind of you know the conversations we were having before was. It's either going to be Cam or OJ at this point. You know, Gronk's not really going anywhere. He's not in a position where the Bucks are just going to trade him. Um, so it was going to be one of those two guys. And as of right now, I think I feel a little bit better in saying that all three of them will be in the tight end room come week one. But, you know, time goes by, moves get made, and here we are. Here is another question regarding the draft, and we'll start to go into the live chat here. Ben Leeper with a really good question. Pretty much every contributing player from last year's roster has been signed apart from Blaine Gabbert. Do you guys think this is a sign that there is a quarterback in this draft that they really like? And it's pretty interesting that this comes out now because I don't know if you guys had seen it, but somebody reported that the Buccaneers did a little bit of extra homework on day two quarterbacks. Does that kind of give you an inkling that there's a guy that they really like that, that might just be there?
2: I'll let uh I'll let James take this one but Tom Pelissero was the one who reported it. He said there was uh, a handful of teams. I believe it was the Bucks, Saints, Ravens and Bears I think were were, were the teams.
1: So go ahead James. It's interesting that the Ravens were in that list. Um yeah, right. but you know it, in terms of um you know them doing extra legwork, you know day 2 quarterbacks, you think Kyle Trask out of Florida, Davis Mills out of Stanford. Yep, yep. Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. Yep. Oh thank God! It's <laughs> <laughs> asking a lot. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. You you think of those three guys as the three primary guys, you know? And then m- like maybe Jamie Newman, maybe if you nah, really want to, if you really want to puff him up, I'm a big ja-
2: I'm a big Jamie Newman fan, and I don't without him playing in 2020, I, I wouldn't go that far.
1: Okay. All right. May, you know. So we'll see. The, but- those, those
2: are those are the three guys. The guys you listed. Top
1: uh, even listed those three guys.
2: So those are the three.
1: Right. So, you know, I think that it's definitely a possibility. I would still think they bring back Blaine Gabbert just because I I just think all the threads are there. I mean, Bruce Arians does love Blaine Gabbert. I love Blaine Gabbert. I just want Blaine Gabbert back personally, the gift of Gabbert, you know. Um, But, you know, he was at that fighting yeah UFC he can't
2: event. can't cut him now he can't you gotta resign him now he's hanging out with brady and evans he yeah, can't
0: he, he i mean with... he's the, he's he's the future of the franchise if he asked jason light right that's right that's, yeah that's facts but you know he's with brady
1: griff uh evans you know, all those guys, even Antonio Brown was there and look at that. He ended up
0: re-signing. So, you know, Hey, you know, I mean, to be fair, he was Jake there sitting next to Jake Paul, not Tom Brady and Mike Evans, but I, I, I see your point. I'm sure. I saw some people,
2: more. I saw some people with issues with that. I, that's so stupid to Dude, me, but on, whatever. Like, well, and also, it, you know, yeah, exactly. Like who it, cares?
1: Anyway, the point is, is that, you know, honestly, um depending on what they do with the practice squad again this year, I don't know if like having rec- veterans, on the practice squad as a permanent change that they're making, or if it was just for last season. Um, but if they continue that this year, I could see a quarterback situation where they go with Brady, Gabbert, some rookie, be it one of the three guys that I mentioned, maybe a guy later on, Then maybe you just try and keep Ryan Griffin on the practice squad and work with that that could be a situation i would see to me it makes sense that they would go you know and do their research on some of those mid-round quarterbacks i like the mid-round quarterbacks um i actually did a poll recently on the channel you know which quarterback would you want and i listed kellen mond kyle trask uh jamie newman and davis mills and it was pretty pretty dead even in terms of uh trask versus mond um which was pretty interesting results for me um So yeah, to me it makes a lot of sense. I could again, I could see a scenario where it's Brady Gabbert and then a rookie and then maybe Griffin on the
0: practice squad. You know, personally, I'm a little surprised you didn't put Justin Fields on that poll too, considering Chris Sims think he's going to fall all the way to 32, right? I will say, Uh, I don't know if you saw that mock mock draft or not, James, but uh, Chris Sims, former Buccaneers quarterback, said that Justin Fields is just going to fall to 32 to Tampa Bay, right in our lap.
2: I will say, I will say there was some. I've been doing a lot of simulations on the Draft Network, right? more than once
1: i will say i'm not gonna say how many times but more than once justin fields was there at 32 that's that's where that's where chris sims did his mock draft (laughs) that he he just did it on the draft network no but um i actually had a buddy who of mine he's actually going to be uh, in the live stream I'm doing for the, um, NFL draft. He, he's, uh, my Ohio state analyst basically. Cause he graduated from there and he texted me after he saw the mock draft. He goes, I would lose my mind. If Justin, if Justin Fields fell all the way to pick 32 and the bucks picked them,
0: if he fell past 15, I feel like everybody would lose their mind. Like if he fell past 15, something is just terribly wrong, right? Like I, it has to be.
1: I don't know. if Yeah. I don't know if you guys have been seeing, but there's not, there's been kind of like a campaign on social media to like give Justin Fields the, the credit that he's due, which I, I think makes sense. He's a really talented quarterback prospect. So like I've seen a lot of people honestly kind of like critiquing analysts and saying, Hey, you guys aren't giving Justin Fields enough credit here. Like this dude, it, it might be the, in fact, it, you know, maybe more probable than not might be the third best quarterback prospect here. Why don't you give him his due? So it's, I, I it's think- been a,
0: I very think, interesting back sorry, and forth.
1: i, I, good, I yeah. think
0: i think where a lot of that comes from is that i know for a while uh there was a lot of questioning justin field's character right and when you've got mac jones being mac jones um it, it's kind of hard to you know put those two guys side by side and say why do you have a problem with this guy's character but not the guy who has a dui and is posting videos in the club every weekend you know I mean?
2: two duis
0: yeah I, I mean holy hell um so, for Justin Fields to get that far, I don't think it happens. You know, I, I'd i believe it more if, if Mac Jones ended up falling to the end of the first round than a, a Justin Fields. But, of course, we just have to wait and see. We got another – qu- sorry, go ahead.
2: Don't, don't do not it. Just don't pick a quarterback on day two. Don't, don't, don't. Kyle yeah, Trask I, I, I don't, doesn't I don't. have – because Kyle Trask doesn't have the arm strength. Davis Mills is a bust and Kellen Mond's mechanics are not good enough. Just don't just pick Jamie Newman in a fifth round. Like it's not difficult. Just please just don't do it.
0: Yeah. I don't think this is the year Uh, you draft a quarterback unless you're drafting him after the fourth round, right? If you want Ryan Griffin to be your QB two, which probably won't be the case, but if you want Ryan Griffin to be your QB two, take a guy really late in the draft if you like him that much and and go that route. But with Tom Brady rearing up to go at least two more years, I just don't think it's the year for it. Hey, it's Rhett. and, And listen, something you might not know about me is I love to fish. I got a bunch of family that also loves to fish. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the newest sponsor, the Cannon Fire podcast, our guys over at Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door every single month. It's a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and the type of fish in your area. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for their bait. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to MonsterBass.com and use the code bucs 10 to get $10 off of your first order. That is B-U-C-S-1-0 to get $10 off your first box over at MonsterBass.com. Sign up today tell him, Rhett from the Cannon Fire podcast sent you over there. So another question here in the live chat comes from our guy BK Jackson. And we actually got pretty in-depth with uh, Matt Matera from Pewter Report. If you guys hadn't checked it out, we put out an episode yesterday breaking down all the defensive targets for Tampa Bay in the draft. And we actually talked about this one. His question, why is cornerback not a big target for us? It seems like every year injury leaves that position compromised. And I don't love the depth at C B you know, at 32, I would be a little surprised if they wanted to go for a corner or even somebody in the secondary at the safety position. Uh, You got a couple of guys who are going to be hitting free agency next year, but in the first three rounds, you know, in the second or third round going after an extra corner, doesn't seem like that bad of an idea and I I think it might be a little bit higher up on the Bucks priority list than people realize Evan what do you think about that spot
2: yeah I would be surprised I know Benjamin Albright who like notoriously now he doesn't have inside sources on every single team it's not like he's some draft guru but like notoriously he has one of the more accurate mock drafts every single season he does one mock draft a year and it's the day before the draft he does it and this time he had the bucks picking Greg Newsom uh, from a cornerback from Northwestern at 32. If Newsom's there, I'd consider it just because I think he's an awesome player. I don't think he's going to be there, so I, I, that's the only way I would really consider it. I'd be surprised if they, if they pick the quarterback, a quarterback, it's quarterback too quarterback and cornerback I would be be surprised if they pick one of those guys at 32. Um, But like you mentioned the second, the third, fourth, like I could see it. I wouldn't really be surprised. Um, You know, I, I, I'd be like, I I believe I said yesterday, I'd be more surprised at a safety early than a corner. I think a corner would make much more sense than a safety. Uh, Somebody did mention Caleb Farley. Just don't think he I know there's a lot of injury concerns with him and he's gonna drop a little bit. I don't think he's gonna fall that far. If he was at 32, I would pick him because I think like if this dude's healthy, he might be the best corner in the class, and you could be getting a shutdown corner. Um I would probably pick him at 32, but I just don't think realistically he's gonna last that long, even though he does have injury concerns. Um, so I, I just I, I wouldn't draft a safety very early. Corner, but in, in the second round second or third does make some sense because I think they re-signed Ross Cockrell, but they, they lost Ryan Smith. And then obviously they have the the three, right? Davis, White, uh, Dean and Murphy Bunting. Um, so those three guys are all starters. And most of the time in the NFL, you're playing nickel, like 80, 85% of the time. So if one of them goes down, then Cockrell has to step in. What if, you know, somebody else goes down? It's just, it's such a a valuable position and it's so fragile there that I think you could consider that Uh, Carlton Davis is a free agent next year. I expect them to get a deal done with Davis. But then after that, I believe we talked about this yesterday. After that, Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean are both free agents. You probably can't keep both of them. You're going to have to choose one or the other probably. So you know, if, if I had to guess, I would say one of them walks. And if you draft a corner in the second or third round this year, he could be ready to go right away. Right. Um, so I, I, that's where I could see the value there. Uh, Melifanu, yeah, a, a Fidu Melifonu at 64 would be a solid value. Yeah. Um, so let's not forget the Bucks are picking at the end of each round. So a quarterback, cornerback, wouldn't be investing premium draft capital. Well, I mean, if you're picking at thirty-two, that's a premium pick. But I, I've been saying it all along that basically the Bucks' picks are drafting for this next round, pretty much. A second round pick is essentially a third. A third is essentially a fourth, um, and and so on, so on. So it makes sense, and uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. It is, it is a solid cornerback class. So there is a lot of talented guys there.
1: Yeah, I I think that I'm I'm gonna kind of say fourth fifth round would be my area where I would consider taking a cornerback there. Um, specifically, what I would want to look to see is m- maybe get a backup kind of developmental slot corner because whenever I look at the the three guys right now, like Carlton Davis, he's an outside corner. Jamal Dean, he's an outside corner. Sean Murphy Bunting, he he's can- inside he can do both. Right. But, you know, I, I wonder if they want him to, uh, I've seen him have success on both outside and inside. So I wonder what they would potentially do with him in terms of, you know, if Jamel Dean were to leave, well, then Sean Murphy Bunting's got to be, you know, your other outside corner at that point. So I would want to see a uh, developmental slot guy um, just to kind of help get worked into the fold, you know, and, and build him up and also help, uh, fill in some of that special teams play that Ryan Smith was doing, you know, for the yeah. past couple of years.
2: But if Jamel Dean leaves, you can keep Traum Murphy bunting in the slot if you draft an outside corner this year.
1: That's true. Like so I ju- mean,
2: I'm just you know, it's, yeah. uh, the, you do have some options there. So yeah. uh, Vortex brings up Tay Goen or Benjamin Saint Juice. Would be pretty cool. They would be good value. Both those guys are like James said, fourth, fifth round guys. They're not going to be drafted very high, like in the first three rounds. So especially a guy like St. Juice. I think Scott Reynolds had him in his in his pew Report mock draft. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh I, I do
1: want to think... say on I, I do want to say real quick on Gregory uh Newsome the second, too, is they did have a pre-draft meeting with him. Yes, they yeah. did so.
0: And I also think it's important to mention, both of you kind of touched on it, but if the Bucs are, you know, taking a corner this year and they take him after the third round, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, I think it's safe to assume that that's probably going to be a little bit more of a Ryan Smith replacement. Yep. Um, Anybody taking that late is going to have a bigger role in special teams, and obviously they would playing defense, whether it's in the slot, playing outside, whatever type of corner he is. I think if you're, you know, picking after a certain point, you're kind of picking for special teams and. As of right now, it makes a lot of sense because it seems like the biggest hole on this team, other than some depth in places, is uh, some gunners on special teams.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's the, that's the biggest thing right now. They're, they're missing some pieces on special teams, which, like you said, I mean, really, normal years, your fourth round pick could be a major contributor because they've been picking so high. But like right. this year, it's, it's going to be a special teams guy. And your fifth round pick might not even make the team. We'll see, um, which is why maybe they would trade up. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on a developmental inside linebacker? I think the third round would be a good starting point for that position. Well, we actually, we spoke about that with uh, Matt Matera yesterday as well. He brought up uh, Derek Barnes, a player that he had in his uh, Bucks battle plan a few months back Uh, is a similar style to a Devin white is a really good blitzer. uh, Also good in in coverage and would be a solid pick in that third or fourth round. Uh, He's from Purdue, I believe. Um, so he could be a guy. Uh other than that, I mean, Chaz Surratt from North Carolina, maybe if he's there in the third, he's more of like a, a blitzing linebacker. Um, other than that, I I am not sure if they would draft one too, too early. Like, I mean, 32, a guy like Zavin Collins, kind of guy you can move kind of all around the board and stuff like that, could interest them if he's there. I don't really think he's gonna be there. Um uh okay we need a return man that's that's something that i think they've been looking for for a while and i oh, yeah. just haven't found it um maybe i'll give them that in my mock draft we'll see you mean uh, no um, more
0: Kenyon barner
2: no i mean it's, it's <laughs> a funny thing is kenyan barner was is before he came to tampa it might just be a tampa thing because before he came to tampa he had a few kicker turns and is now he's just nothing yeah. um Seems so like any
0: returner with a little bit of cred who comes here just kind of gets swept under the rug and everybody forgets about it right
2: yeah yeah uh darden please for returns and maybe a bit of a gadget play jalen darden is a player i've really liked uh vortex yeah is very very uh very good player and could be a, a special teams stud um our buddy then-
0: ethan was asking uh there's a special teams ace from boise state i don't have the name technically he's a defensive back but i uh don't see him there in the pros i think he'd be an awesome ryan smith replacement do you know who he's talking about out of boise state uh- Not sure.
2: No, off the the top of my head, I'm not sure. Um, let's see, Ben Leaper. Uh, I feel like it's a basic team building rule that don't really pay more than two cornerbacks or three o linemen. Good money, something to think about as we draft for the future. It is. Um, it it really is, especially with Alex Kappa and Ryan Jensen both being free agents next year to sort of change, move the subject over to the offensive side of the football. Um. Interior offensive line, they're going to be looking for it. I think they're going to be looking for it early. I think they were going to draft one in the first three rounds. I would expect that. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. James, what are your
1: thoughts on an interior offensive line, but whether it's guard, center, whatever? Yeah, I I think that getting a backup center should be a priority for them. You know, Ryan Jensen, is on the last year of his deal. And look, hey, we all love Jensen here on the channel, you know, here over at the Can of Fire podcast, right? But my fellow, you know, exactly. But you can't pay everybody at the end of the day. Um, you do have to make some tough decisions there. I could see them investing pretty early in a backup offensive lineman. And a lot of the the things that I've been talking about in terms of draft prospects that they could be interested in, um, you know, I've had them taking centers, you know, backup centers in like second round, third round, fourth round. Um, another thing too is this is an interior O line, but also maybe getting like a backup tackle, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Don- Donovan Smith had dealt with injuries last year. They put in Josh Wells, who was up and down. Uh, so I think that maybe in the later rounds, rounds five through seven, they could look to invest in a in a uh, offensive tackle. There, guy I love, Josh Ball. Dude's a mountain of a man, six foot eight, over three hundred pounds. <laughs> I mean, absolute unit.
2: Why Why is he entering the NFL draft? Should we play in the NBA?
0: <laughs> right? So, I mean, like 300? just... 300? Oh, man. They, yeah, just in the paint, man. Just throw it to My guy's getting fouled 10 times a game. <laughs> Dude, le- legit. Um, so, I
1: think investing in interior offensive linemen should be a early-round priority for the Bucks, and then I think investing in a backup offensive tackle should be a later-round priority. Yeah. Really? yeah. Josh I, I, Ball... I, Six foot eight, 350 pounds, offensive tackle out of Marshall. <laughs> that's nice. a big boy. Um, I mean, so 350,
0: we... at offensive tackle, man. Holy hell. I mean, that's not crazy, I don't think. It doesn't seem like it, but I don't know, man. You're pushing 400 um, at 6'8". That's a big SOB.
2: If uh David Cardona, if a guy like Demetrius Felton is there in round four or five, do you think he could be good to fill the return man hole on special teams? Maybe, and maybe we see Demetrius Felton in my mock draft. Just maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe and we're actually we're um, actually
0: gonna get to that mock draft yeah. here shortly. But the, what-
2: the Bucks, the Bucks have actually met with Felton twice. So that's something to, to note as well. There Not once, is. they've met with him twice. So
0: one more thing here, our buddy Kevin coming in with the save. Avery Williams is that Boise State corner that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Five foot eight, one eighty seven, yeah. fast and solid tackler. So maybe a later so, round guy.
2: Sound sounded good to me until you said five eight. They're not interested in drafting any cornerback that's under like five eleven. Yeah, looks so the like they're five eight, Five eight. I'm almost as tall as that guy. So um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think they're they're interested in drafting anybody like that. Uh, Vortex said Jensen's a cool dude, but he's very expensive. He didn't play great last year. I.
0: Get the hell out of here, dude. He was, he was one of the best centers in football yeah, last season think, and the year before.
2: Yeah, I think he was he was a top five or, or three center this past season. So, I I mean, he, without him, they, they might not win the Super
1: Bowl. Um, one thing we, I want to say just real quick about linebacker prospects for, like, middle rounds, like three and four. Uh, Cameron McGrone from Michigan, yep. 6'1", 232. And then uh, Charles Snowden from Virginia, six six two two. Yeah,
2: Snowden's more of a, a blitzing type guy. I, I I look at him as more of an outside linebacker that can play inside a little bit. He's he's versatile. So yeah,
0: yeah. Well, we talked a little bit yesterday with Matera about how Todd Bowles, even if you're an inside linebacker, he loves sending those even guys if you're on the gut. if you're if you're Nadam Dom
2: he loves dropping in the cover.
0: Yeah, I mean you could be playing any <laughs> position, you know. Well, next year we'll see Bradley Pinion just shoot through the A gap, right? He'll send him out there, a little smoke screen, huh? If he the people's champ gets a gets a run <laughs> stuff, gets a
1: sack, tears. Oh my gosh, I'd retire from YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I'd be so done. So Evan, um, here we see. are
0: the day before the draft. I believe you have a mock draft for us that you've been waiting to unveil,
2: right? I do. Yeah. So it's uh
0: it it's
2: been this is the toughest year ever to do this because there's just so many different variables. And like I, everybody keeps asking me, what do you think of 32? I'm like, I could give you 10 names and none of them would surprise me. Like, yeah,
0: they're, they're really, you know, other than maybe wide receiver and running back, which aren't even a hundred percent off the board, considering the future of the position, right. there isn't a single position that's off the board for the bucks at 32, except for no. maybe a kicker.
2: Uh, kicker, I mean, punter. They don't, they got the people's chance. They don't need a punter. So I, I know. Um, <laughs> they definitely don't need a punter. Um, so yeah, I, I do, I do have a mock draft real quick. I just want to check up on the chat just for a few minutes before I really dive in this. Because once I dive into the mock, I'm not really going to be checking the chat. So uh, a lot of Quinn Menners, Menners uh, from Wisconsin, Whitewater love. Uh, apparently the bucks don't love him as much as some fans do. Um, Felton's going to fall pretty far. He had very bad testing numbers. He he could, which you know could potentially be good, good news for, for the Bucks. So, um, lander Dickinson would play great all five position. We can afford the risk. It is a big risk. Apparently teams, some teams apparently have taken Dickerson completely off their board. Uh, he is completely off of some teams boards. I do not know if that team is the bucks, uh, but his, his, uh, his 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 uh, medicals, especially this year, where it's tough to get medicals for somebody. Yeah. His medicals this year are very shaky. He's a great player, I think. If if he was healthy, we talked about with Trevor because Trevor had uh, him as, as his pick for the Bucks. And uh, if he was healthy, he would have been a top fifteen pick. So uh, I, I just I don't think uh, Dickerson would be a. I mean, he wouldn't be a bad pick, but I just don't know if you're going to take that much of a risk in round one. Okay. So before I start, does anybody else have any last minute things to say?
0: Oh, it's buddy that Kevin.
2: boy
1: Ethan. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Ethan Edison, the chat. I just uh let me see. Avery Williams is not a defensive player. He's an elite all around special teams. Purely a Ryan Smith replacement. I don't want him touching the field on defense.
2: That's, that's great, fair. but I'm just I'm just telling you
0: that they're not looking for a cornerback that's five eight. So okay. I feel like Kevin feel five that. two two, our buddy holding it down. Bring back Joe Dirt. Huh? Who the hell? He hasn't hell? played Listen, football
2: in like two years. I know. He's I think doing, he, I think he's uh, slinging
0: real estate right now. I think he's selling yeah. houses somewhere in Central Florida. Yes, he is. At least last I saw. You know, hey, life after football, man, you know?
2: Good for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ben Leaper, before we get into Evan's mock draft, one more inst- uh, interesting thing that we can take from somebody else's mock draft. I saw Jake Arians doing a mock where he had us going Mac Jones at 32, Maybe he knows something we don't. We kind of, you know, brought this up jokingly a little bit earlier, but I feel like if any quarterback's going to fall to 32 out of those uh, top four or five that people talk about, it would be Mac Jones. But I don't know, man. I I I know that it's you know a great place to be with Tom Brady being your starting quarterback, and if you're Mac Jones, you know you sit around and have somebody to learn from. But I don't know if I want a guy like Mac Jones on my roster. He gives me Johnny Manziel vibes. I would take I him. just um, I just I just don't think he's going to be available. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. that's why yeah, I, no, I don't I think he will
2: either. I, I was going to literally before the question was even when I heard Mac Jones at 32. Like I saw Jake Arians <laughs> thing. I it's not going to happen. So it, it doesn't really matter. Um, He doesn't know anything that we we don't right now about that because he doesn't know he might have some intel on the bucks but he doesn't know he doesn't have intel on every nfl team so yeah, he
0: doesn't know he doesn't know who's going to fall to 32 yeah, and, and
2: and that that mock draft was more i i looked at it as more what he would do kind of so i just mac jones is not
0: going to be there if
2: he's there at 32 i think 32 it's a good value but it's just he's he's not going to be there
1: yeah uh, yeah i mean like all the what are they? They're five quarterbacks right lawrence wilson fields jones trey lance lance yep, yep. yeah th- those five guys i mean they're gonna go in the top f- 15 honestly, maybe, maybe 15. the top like honestly if you want to be really generous yeah like top 12 10 yeah. 8, you know who knows yeah. you know but like they're they're gonna be no my personal
2: near. my personal mock draft has them all gone within the top 10 Okay. my my, my personal mock draft has top 10 five quarterbacks so okay
1: so a- a- evan just real quick for
2: you is this is, is this a strictly this is bucks this, seven is, round this is this is bucks so i can i can reveal my top 10 real quick um but yeah. this is a strictly a bucks i did it on the draft network i controlled the bucks and this is a seven round bucks mock draft but real quick just to get into it number one i have the jaguars taking trevor lawrence two uh zach wilson the jets three 49ers this i kept going back and forth i kept going back and forth trey lance or mac jones i think i've settled on trey lance um i just i can't fully buy into the mac jones stuff four falcons kyle pitts five Bengals, jamar chase i would pick penny so but i think they're gonna pick jamar chase uh to help out that o-line i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah poor joe burrow is gonna have surgery on the other knee this year my god um at least he's gonna have his buddy to throw to. Yeah. Um, six, Dolphins, Jalen Waddell. Seven, I have the Patriots moving up with the Lions to grab Justin Fields. Wow. Like that. Eight, Carolina, Penny Nine, said Denver, Mac Jones, and ten, Dallas, Patrick Sartain. So that's my that's my top ten. Now, are we ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. So with a 32nd overall pick, see now this pick is starting to become a little boring now because everybody and their mother seems to be doing it now. Joe Tryon, edge from Washington, um, it's a it's a pretty clear if he's there, I think he's gonna be the pick. I don't know if he's gonna be there. Baltimore is a team that I've heard likes him. I've heard some things about maybe Buffalo liking him. Two teams that are right in front of the Bucks. Baltimore picks twice in front of the Bucks, so that really, um, you know, really could hurt their chances to grab him. But if he's there, and let's say nobody else unexpected is is there, uh, I think he'd be the pick. So, a little bit about him. He's not going to come in and get you 10 sacks as a rookie. It's not that type of player. He oh, needs no a way. year or two. Um, Especially when he's splitting snaps with JPP and Shaq Barrett. So, you know, this is all about a, a future replacement for Jason Pierre-Paul. And I think Tryon sort of fits like a glove. It's a great fit. He told me himself uh, when I talked to him that he believed it was a great fit. Like I said, you guys can go check out that interview on Bucks Daily. I talked to Joe Tryon. He's a great dude. Uh, he, it sounded like he was genuinely excited. Uh, about the draft and it seemed like he really had an interest in tampa he literally went out of his way to basically tell me like yo like yeah i want to get down there um so yeah uh, I-, I think he's a he's a high energy guy a high motor guy which every time you hear motor that oh, oh breaking re- news
0: here I-, I don't know if this messes with your denver plans but the panthers traded t- uh quarterback teddy bridgewater to the broncos a move that i called two months ago mm, maybe ah! <laughs> What? What's Brid- wrong with you James? <laughs> Are you a big Teddy Bridgewater guy? Yeah, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I'm happy. He's- <laughs> <laughs> Teddy Brid- Teddy Teddy B versus Drew Lock.
1: Also, I was going to I was honestly going to bet money on uh Mac Jones going to the Broncos, but I guess I can't do that now.
0: And also really quickly before we move on, Kevin had said Evan, we have the same exact top 10, but I swapped Jones and Lance. So look at that. You and yeah, Kevin have another thing in common. It-
2: it's it's it it really is it's it it it's close I think between Jones and Lance I really do think so. People dropping um, ret bombs in the chat by the uh, way.
0: Shout out to Fresh the Killer. He had it before anybody. He had it before my Twitter was going off. Nice, nice, um, nice.
2: So yeah, here we go. Joe Tryon, uh, thirty two. Um, that's a pick picks in. I I like Tryon. I think he's a he's a really good fit. Is you know they really. um Washington runs a very similar defensive scheme that to, uh, to the Bucs and Todd Bowles. So that's why it's a fit. They drafted Vita Vea. They actually drafted Vita Vea when Mike Smith was the defensive coordinator, which obviously that wasn't a fit, but they still drafted him. So they drafted Vita Vea. They signed that Benning Patoe guy. Um, they have an interest in Joe Tryon. Could have an interest in Levi Onsorike, but I believe James had in one of his mock drafts uh, the other day. So uh, Joe Tryon is the Bucks pick at 32. Now moving on to the second round, I have the Bucks selecting. It's funny because we we did talk about this, and I've been on I've been on the a certain train. Now this is a this mock, by the way, is a combination of what I would do slash what I think they'll do. It's not completely what I would do. Not completely what I think they'll do. 64, Tyson Campbell, c- cornerback from Georgia. Uh, dude, 6'2". That's the biggest thing. He's a long, lengthy corner. Him and Eric Stokes are the two Georgia corners that have been getting the most love. Uh, Tyson Campbell, I think, is the guy that could be drafted a little bit later. Uh, he's a nice press man corner, which I think they'll like. He can play on the outside. So let's say the plan is to re-sign Carlton Davis. And maybe the next year you let Jamel Dean hit free agency and have, you know, your co- sign Sean Murphy Bunting and you have your corners as Carlton Davis and um, Tyson Campbell on the outside with Sean Murphy Bunting inside. I think that could work. So Tyson Campbell to the Bucks is 64. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? I know I want to actually hear James's thoughts because Rhett was on, seemed to be on board maybe with a second or third round corner, but James was kind of on the more fourth and fifth round.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think the he, he's the fits there, you know, in terms of fitting into Todd Bull's defense. Like you said, he what is he six one? You said six two. Hell yeah, a lot six, bigger two. Than five, eight. Yeah, you know, big big <laughs> guy, press man corner, like you said, he's gonna he would fit well into Todd Bull's system. Um, so I, I would assume that that would mean, I guess, the future for the cornerback position would be Carlton Davis at the one, um, him at the two, and then Sean Murphy Bunting at the nickel, right?
2: yeah yeah and i mean you future. just yeah you, and for for the next two years or whatever you just have immense you have great cornerback depth with
1: Cockrell and campbell there so yeah um it, it would I be mean, a, a solid option yeah i mean i i could see it you know we, we've talked about this a ton like in terms of the the needs that the bucks have i mean they're even their depth needs are becoming fewer and fewer now you know it's kind of crazy yeah yeah i mean it's absolutely ridiculous i mean so so far you get that third edge rusher you get that guy who's gonna be the fourth cornerback to start and then he's gonna grow into something um it would be a good situation for him because you know you guys have talked about this with with people too you know about how with the current way things are going in the nfl with the illness and everything you know these these young guys are getting no chances to show what they can do yeah you know so i mean and that stunts their growth immensely so i think having him sit that extra year behind three guys you know and not having to get thrown in the fire too quickly would be pretty pretty beneficial to get him more prepped you know he's coming from a good school you know big big time school there um you know, I'm not like a hundred percent opposed to the idea of taking a cornerback in round two. I could see it. Um, I would just say maybe like round four or five, but yeah, I, I would like that pick a lot actually, if it got done. Yeah.
0: I, I agree with James uh, when you're drafting for the future, there isn't really a position you can go wrong and it corner. We talked about the liability of not exactly having that depth you know, that you would like at a position like that. And especially with some guys hitting free agency next season, it is a good move, bring a little more speed to that defense and uh, set them up in the backfield. I like it.
2: Yep. So this next pick, the third round pick, pick 95 is another sort of future pick a guy that's not going to play a ton, but is going to provide depth this year. And then this, maybe as soon as next year, it can be a starter. And that's Trey Smith out of Tennessee offensive guard. Uh, Smith is, is a. You know, as a nasty player, I believe he had some injury history. He had some health issues with blood clots, I believe, in 2019. That's rough. But it uh, appears that all that is behind him, even though I believe sometimes he did miss practice, So that, that could be a reason that he's there at 95. Because if he wasn't, uh, didn't have that that health issues, uh, he could be a guy that could be gone in the mid-second round or so. But uh, I, I think with the health issues, he could um, – he could definitely maybe fall a little bit and right into the Bucks' laps. I think he's a good fit. Um, he he's, like I said, he's just in the running game, especially he's, he's a mauler. He he really is. He um he, I think he he's played everywhere, but center, I believe, I, I think I'm not confident in that, but, So, but he projects as a, as a left guard or right guard, and would probably fill in for Alex Kappa who could depart for free agency. So yet again, another spot where I'm drafting for the future. and I'm drafting a talented player. Um, he was a top recruit, I think at a high school, um, he's a good player. He, He really is. Um, so that's another pick yet again, three picks who probably won't play a ton this year, but next year, all, you know, potentially next year, all three of them could be starters. Like, you know, um, so, what we'll the wait and see the fourth round pick 137. Money Hill's gonna like this one. Uh, Charles Snowden, linebacker. Um, he is, and he's like celebrating, like they actually made the pick. And he's fist bumping. <laughs> Let's go. We're, we're making the call, we're handshaking everybody here in the draft. Okay, room. We're having right. a great time. All right, we're on the phone with him right now. Um, all right. So to me, I, I like him because he, he's versatile. He can rush the passer, which they need their linebackers, the blitz. And he can also drop into pass coverage. He's not a great pass coverage guy, but you're talking about your only depth really at middle linebacker being Kevin Minter, who Kevin Minter's fine. As we talked about yesterday, he's a good backup, but you just want maybe somebody younger, somebody to take Minter's spot next year. And I think Snowden could be that guy. And even I think he could even rush a little bit from the outside, uh, take on some of those tackles as well. I don't think he just has to be a guy blitz up the middle. So I do like Snowden there.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Kevin, with the trade update in the chat. Denver traded a 2021 sixth six-round pick to Carolina for Teddy, with Carolina picking up seven out of his $10 million guaranteed salary for 2021. I got to tell you, pretty bad trade if you're Carolina like I know not a lot of people wanted Teddy but a six rounder dude this, a is what, uh, this
1: is what is what Trevor Sycamore said our, our good buddy and friend he said a completely pointless trade for the Broncos but they probably didn't want people mad at them for not going after a quarterback so here's the scapegoat probably sure. yeah, you know, yeah. So that, that, that'll be interesting so they just they,
2: they don't they don't like franchise quarterbacks so
1: yeah they're... so I wonder I wonder if they'll <laughs> I wonder if they'll uh, trade back now with New England
2: Maybe I did, yeah. i did, I think New England has to get higher than that. I just think there's gonna be somebody else Washington maybe yeah. do they want to make a bold move Chicago do what they a, want to make a bold move
0: I mean you talk about bold, but do you think Atlanta could be clumped into that possibility
2: of trading back
0: yeah could
2: they could i I don't I don't know I think New England is the is the closest team there maybe um I think what's interesting is what does this does, does Carolina if Justin Fields is sitting there at eight, does Carolina pick him?
1: Oh, because man.
2: having Sam Darnold there would not stop me from picking Justin Fields.
1: What like, did they trade for Sam Darnold? Like a third? Yeah, I think something like that. Ah, that's like tough. But yeah, but
2: having Sam Darnold there is not going to stop me from drafting Justin Fields.
1: No, I mean, at that point, I well, I'll tell you this: like, I mean, if they really do believe in Sam Darnold, you know, I could see them. I could see another team just giving them a crap ton of picks to trade up to get. Yeah, I, I could do yeah. it. that's
2: what they'll have to weigh. They'll have to weigh yeah. whether they want Justin Fields or they want those picks from a New England or, or a Washington or something like right. that. So they
0: traded a uh, 2022 20, second round for Darnold, by the way. Okay, 2022 Re- two second round. Real quick, by the way, on Snowden. I mean, I, I love the pick personally. You did, you do, uh, yeah. It's,
1: I think it's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I think oh, it's like great so far. I
0: think it's great. Yeah. Thank I mean, you.
1: I, yeah, I, I really. I really do think the dude's a really good linebacker. Um, He gives you a lot for Todd Bowles defense, you know, not just, I mean, I think you get some, some healthy playing time in the immediate sense, but then in the future, you know, we could just start to see him grow and develop more solid guy overall.
0: And we talked with Matera about it too. You know, if you're Todd Bowles, you love your versatility on this defense. Look at Antoine Winfield, Jr. A versatile safety guy who can get after the quarterback, make a play in the backfield. Right. Uh, I guess you could call in Dama Kasu versatile because they had him standing up and rushing as a linebacker some point last season. So versatility goes a long way. And I think Snowden is a great step towards that if you're looking at a backup linebacker, because, you know, Kevin Minter, as good as he is, he is getting a little bit older. Right. And you don't necessarily know if he's going to be around with Tampa Bay that much longer into the future. He's back for this year. But after that, you don't really know.
2: And those types of backups are very interchangeable. Like they're, right. you know, they're. I'm not saying they're completely easy to find, but like you can find another Kevin Minter. Like he's a solid player, but you can find somebody else in in the fourth or fifth round to fill that role. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna move on now. This is the fifth round. So pick 176, and I'm going to select Demetric Felton, a listed as a wide receiver from UCLA. He's listed as a wide receiver. To me, he doesn't have any position. I think this guy can play receiver. He can play running back. He, he can do a lot of different things. Um, and I think the Bucks really loved Antonio Gibson last year from Memphis. It was literally – it was between Antoine Winfield at 45 and Antonio Gibson at 45. That's who they were deciding between. And the Bucks were really heartbroken when Washington picked Antonio Gibson a few picks before the – I think it was six or seven picks before the Bucks were on the clock in the third round, uh, and they ended up picking Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, they would have loved to have Antonio Gibson. Here they get a slightly lesser version of Gibson, a more gadgety player than Gibson. Uh, I also think Felton, as was brought up earlier, that he can also be a return man if need be. So I, I think Bruce Arians lost out on his gadget guy last year. I don't know if he's going to lose out on him again bucks like i said did meet with him twice i think he makes a lot of sense here in the fifth round
0: yeah and you kind of think to uh you know a john franklin i remember how the bucks were starting to use him at the end of he's still on the roster too is he really
2: yeah wow. he, he, he he got
0: hurt so yeah he got hurt in like i knew he camp, got so. hurt i just didn't know if he had officially been cut Te- or- technically you know he was on he was on the boat with uh, antonio brown yes he was now wow um, but you think of, you know, a John Franklin, how the Bucks were going to use him. He was for a while. He was on the roster as a as a quarterback, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, And they were using him in all sorts of ways. They really started to get the hang of it in those final couple of games. It was nice to see him, you know, go out there and and find a way to produce. But do you think Felton could could maybe be that guy if they end up going that route?
2: It could be. I, I think he he's a guy that you can just do so many different things with. Right. I mean, whether whether you want to have him out of your backfield, have him. Ca- I think he would be a pure receiving option, just a sort of, you know, put it, you can put line him up anywhere. I mean, yeah. you can just do so many different things uh, with him that uh, it would be interesting to see. And it'd be a fun little player. Um, his, his, his measurables weren't great. His numbers weren't great, but his tape, I think sort of speaks for itself. So I'm going to rely on that. Um Vortex says, "Wish we could have got Gibson. He's a great player and could have ended up starting. Yes, but the Bucks are pleased with their pick at forty-five. So, um, you know, yeah, it does suck that he wasn't around for uh, seventy-six when they were picking uh, in the third round. But uh, they're they're pleased with who they got in the second round. And, so. and
0: listen, if you end up taking Gibson, you never get the iconic deuces. You just don't.
2: Probably not. Yeah, you don't. No.
0: I mean, maybe somebody else does it. You know, less maybe. on the radar, but." Antoine Winfield is a hell of a player, and I'm really yeah. glad he's a buck. I like Winfield over Gibson. Call me yeah. call me biased now that he's a Super Bowl no, champ, I, but the guy's been and, a godsend. And to
2: me, to me, safety greater value than running back anyway. So, oh yeah. Uh, e- e- Ethan said we can't really complain about Orson Winfield. No, nobody. I don't think anybody's complaining about them. Yeah, no way. Um, I just I just think yeah. Vortex did clarify. I think yeah, more about the Vaughn pick. Yeah, for sure. Um, nobody's complaining about Antoine Winfield and, and Tristan Orfs, Um So. Alright, so, or the Calvin Ridley tips pass to win the game, changed the whole season. Yeah, that was, it, it wasn't necessary to win the game, but it was a big moment, I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty big. So, uh, yeah, it came up big. Um. So, uh, glad I got to tune into the live stream, killing the game, boy. Thank you, Captain. Yeah, Appreciate that's it. our
0: buddy, Captain Crustacean. You can go check him out on Twitch. I think it's also Captain Crustacean, but uh, did some video game streams with him. I, I like checking into his stuff. He's a good guy.
2: Sounds like a character from Spongebob. <laughs> um okay so anyways here we go Ooh, we had six sixth round i think yeah,
0: yeah. i think so okay. last one was pick 176
2: yeah so this is pick uh, 217 yep that's about right i'm going to pick that developmental offensive tackle that we talked about in Alaric Jackson another offensive of tackle from Iowa so Getting some familiarity there with Tristan Worf's going back to back offensive tackles from Iowa.
0: Boys are porn um, fed out there, man. He
2: is. I mean, they just seem to, to have solid guys. Now, yeah. Larry Jackson's obviously not on Tristan Wirfs level. But I think if you're looking at a development offensive tackle that you can maybe place on a practice squad for a year or two, he could come in and be a solid backup for you by year two or year three. I think Alaric Jackson could make a lot of sense, and I just there's a few schools like Wisconsin, Iowa, Notre Dame that you always want to get your offensive lineman from, and uh, it would be a solid pick I think if he were to be available at 217. He was actually a guy that I believe was supposed to go a little bit earlier before the season. I didn't we really have a great season the big 10 had a reduced schedule anyway i believe he played um so it, it was tough and i think that's dropped his stock a little bit so i think it would be smart for the bucks to pick up that type of player uh, with with uh 217
0: yeah like uh i'm sorry like willie said you know you can't really go wrong with any kind of lineman from iowa those guys out there in the uh, what's it the corn belt the wheat belt whatever the hell it's um, called um, out there in that part of town they're just built differently and you get a big solid football player at the end of the day but no i like it I you know bolstering up the the trenches any way you can whether it's defensive line or offensive line you cannot go wrong there so just another one of those picks coming in
2: yeah and i would have liked to get an interior defensive lineman i really would have but part of me was like the the one part of me like what i would do is like i'm looking at him am like eh. like i had a few different mocks where i was like okay there's an interior defensive lineman there yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually had to make an adjustment this morning because an original mock that I had has relatively the same positions, just different players, but it had two wide receivers in it. One being Felton and one being a different guy. So I was like, eh, I don't really consider Felton a wide receiver. So I'll pick another receiver. That was before the Brown news. So after that, I sort of had to switch it up. Um, But I am going to keep my last pick the same from that original mock 251. Uh, I believe it's Malcolm Kuntz or Malcolm Kunze. Uh He's, I believe, he's an edge defender from Buffalo. I believe so. Uh, he's just a typical, I think, three-four outside linebacker. Um, he can he can rush the passer. He's more of a developmental guy. Again, might have to sit on the practice squad for a year. Yeah. Once um, it, once you
0: get past round four, as yeah. far as what the Bucks are picking, these are guys that you don't even know if they're going to make the team. And I mean, Light even right. said that. Right. Yeah. I mean, he.
2: He's a solid player. And I honestly, I'd be surprised if he was there at 251. But hey, I ran the simulation. He was there. I picked him. Okay. Like I, it would have been different. Like there was times Justin Fields was legit there, right? Like legit there. I could have taken him and said, oh, this is my mock draft. No, like I'm not going to do that. So uh, he's 6'3", 249. He's listed at, I I think that's a solid weight. Um, Maybe you could bulk up a little bit in the weight room. But I mean the height wise it's fine. Like I said, I just think he could be a developmental pass rusher. So um yeah, really loading up on the future there, getting some young guns there. I just I don't love Anthony Nelson. I don't really think the team does either. So, you know, like maybe next year, like if Kunze is ready or coons if anybody knows how to pronounce the name, please let me know. But um
0: I think, I think maybe, is a safe guess. I got a yeah, buddy whose I mean, last name is coons
2: Maybe, but yeah, but Kunze, because it's, it's K-O-O-N-C-E. So that E on the end.
0: No, I think, like it's, I think it's Coons. Okay, I mean, yeah, it could be. My buddy, I like, my I, buddy I, is, I, just, uh, I like Kunze a little bit more. Yeah, Kunze, nice. put a little sweater yeah. on it. But my buddy is K-U-N-C-Z, and it's just Coons. So, I mean, okay. I feel like anything similar, <laughs> Kunze. Oh, Kunze. Yeah, oh. yeah
2: that's, that's what I'm saying, a little, little <laughs> Frenchman. Um, yeah, we got ourselves a Frenchman. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like I said, I think it's a solid pick. And uh, what I what I really targeted was just to get some young guns, fresh blood as a pass rushing guys. I was I didn't really pick a lot of offense. I picked three offensive players, I believe. Uh, I got a cornerback for the future, an edge rusher for the future, a lot inside linebacker for the future, the gadget player, the developmental offensive tackle, and then the uh, last developmental type patch rusher so um if you had if you guys had to give a quick grade what would each one of you do and what was your
1: favorite pick don't they have pick 259 as well or no i don't think so i, I thought that i thought they did this year
0: i thought they had an extra seventh rounder well, well uh, the, I think the, they,
1: the draft network doesn't have it
0: then
2: so i oh. think
0: kevin had also asked a little bit earlier do the bucks have any compensatory picks this year and since you didn't factor it in i guess they don't
2: I think – I thought
1: they got a sixth. Vortex says 251, I think. Yeah, 251 is our last pick.
0: Yeah, and that's what he had said.
1: Okay. yeah, because I have them I have them having pick 32, 64, 95, 137, 176, 217, 251, and 259. And Two, I got that. 217 got- is the comp pick because that's for losing Brashad Perryman, I believe. Yeah. Right, I got, but I got picked two fifty nine off the Bucks website. I don't know, but Draft Network does not have, huh? huh.
2: Draft Network, the Draft Network doesn't
0: even go up to two fifty nine; it goes to two fifty six. Huh, very interesting. So, for anybody who may have missed it, didn't catch all of it, uh, if you want to lay it out one more time from top to bottom, Try. pick by pick, and then uh, we'll kind of break it down after that.
2: Okay, so number thirty two, Joe Tryon, edge from Washington. Number 64, Tyson Campbell, cornerback from Georgia. Number 95, Trey Smith, interior offensive lineman from Tennessee. 137, Charles Snowden, a linebacker from Virginia. Right, James? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, 176, Demetric Felton, wide receiver slash running back from UCLA. 217, Alaric Jackson, offensive tackle from Iowa. And then two... 51, right? That's what we're rolling with. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz, an edge defender from
0: Buffalo. I like it. Uh, Ethan Edison, the chat says, Jason Light's going to pick a kicker as Mr. Irrelevant just to troll people. I like it, man. I've been saying it on the show forever. Jason Light is a troll. Like on Twitter, he's a troll. He knows it. He knows how to get a rise out of people. And obviously he's pretty aware of his track record and how people feel about it. But that's a pretty damn good move. I think you can write that one in. My favorite pick, Evan, out of your A minus draft. Thank My you. favorite pick is probably the Campbell pick in the second round. Okay. Um, I wasn't on the train of you know getting a secondary player early, but once you kind of take a step back and look at the position the Bucks are going to be in, as far as Jordan Whitehead and Carlton Davis go next season, we talked about this with Matt Matera yesterday, but I think it's more likely they hang on to Carlton Davis. Jordan Whitehead a little bit more replaceable, but I just, I like the Campbell pick. I, I think it's a good pick to have uh, and when you're going to have more guys the year after that in that secondary facing free agency. It's always good to have somebody who's a couple of years in and, and possibly ready to go if they need to call him up and fill him into a spot that, you know, you didn't expect him to be in so soon. But I, I think that's probably my favorite pick of what you had thrown at us. I like try on in the first round. I think 32 and edge rusher, no matter what, no matter who it is. Uh, would be the right pick, wow. you know, in the trenches, Greg,
2: Greg or wouldn't be ideal for me. I know uh, well... me and James have me and James have differing opinions on this, but um, <laughs>
0: that
2: guy wouldn't be ideal. So, yeah.
0: Um, but I think an edge rusher, I mean, you can go trenches in the first, like we talked about a Landon Dickerson uh, would probably be my like number two if they, you know, if he's there at 32, but um, I-, I really like the pick of an edge rusher at 32. And then I think Campbell in the second is a great pick overall. I got you an A minus. Yeah, man, I'll give you a, I'll give you a solid A. I like a lot of your picks,
1: man. Tryon's a good pick. Snowden, that's a sleeper for me, man. I love Snowden. I think he's gonna be a really productive linebacker, like on a lot of different levels. So, uh, Demetric Felton, I think is a very good pick. Um, yeah, overall, I, I like what you did, man. If, if I to, if I had to give it a favorite pick, I mean, I, I really do like the Joe Tryon pick. I think that's a good one. Um, that'd probably be my favorite pick, just because. The more
2: I think about Tryon, the more I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, I think fit. that his measurable six four two fifty one. You know that dude's. We we've talked about this before, all three of us. You know, if he if 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 whatever third edge rusher they decide to get, you know, maybe it's second round guy, maybe it's first round guy. If they come in and they have like that kind of Carl Nassib type season where they're coming in rookie season, they get six six and a half seven sacks playing on. You know, let's say sixty percent, seventy percent of defensive snaps. High motor. Great rookie season. You know, that'd be a great rookie season, and then they'd be ready to step in for JPP at that point. Um, See, so yeah, I, I would say probably Joe Tron's my favorite pick there. But overall, man, yeah, I'll, I'll give you an A on that. That very, right. very, very solid draft overall.
2: Thank you Kevin for the B+. Plus. Um Vortex maybe trade back and pick Osai in the 50s or 40s. I just don't based on like Light's, Light's comments too. I just don't see them moving back at this point. Like I we talked about it yesterday, I think it's more likely they move up than move back. I'm not saying they they are going to move up, but I think it's more likely, especially when when Light talks about, you know, draft picks on this team might not even make this team i have a tough time believing unless they get 2022 picks which apparently a lot of teams are um a a lot of teams are really valuing it like they don't want to get rid of their 2022 picks um unless they can get those I, i don't see a reason to to move down so um yeah uh let's see definitely an a you got great value every pick i just don't know if the top three guys you picked are on there for us yeah i mean like i said i i'm i'm not it's not a predictive thing it's just they were there on the board when when i picked them all right it's um they were they were on the board when so i picked them it's just it is what it is uh i i do have my doubts that campbell will be available i think trey smith might be there i have my doubts about campbell um I do think Trey Smith might be there. Try on, I don't know. I keep going back and forth on
0: whether he's going to be there or not, but we'll have to wait and see.
2: So uh, it'll definitely be interesting. Ben Leeper uh,
0: with uh, one final question as we start to wrap things up here. He says, I just tried a mock draft in Landon Dickerson, Caleb Farley, Stokes, Bateman, Morig, Etienne, Oa, and uh, Levi from Washington, whose last name still escapes me. They were all there at 32. Who are you taking in this situation? Levy
1: Onwu Zurike is the best I could muster. Uh, I like that. Levy? Levy, huh? Levy. Levy? Uh, it's not it's Levi. Levi? It's Levi. Yeah. It's Levi. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I suck at yeah. pronouncing <laughs> names. So I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Dude, it is, it
0: is an all-time draft for uh, just names that I don't pronounce and, and can't remember. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, there's that guy from this school, but he's got such an exotic name that I just it, it, it escapes me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but just real quick. I mean, if all those guys were there at 32, I'd probably go. That's, that's a tough one. I don't know. I might go away. I mean, I, I, I think that, but he tends there. Yeah. Ah! I, I, I would. All right. So I, right, James lock it in. Who are you picking? Yeah. I'm gonna you gotta go pick with, one. I'm going to go with, uh, Jason away.
2: Okay. Brett,
1: go ahead.
0: I'll go, uh, Dickerson. Okay. I'm going to go Kayla Farley. So look at that. Look at that
2: um let's see uh if he fell do you think we would pick naji harris at 32 i do if naji yeah. if naji yeah, harris if naji harris is available at 32 i think they
1: would pick him i, I just be, i i don't think there's any way he's there so look i'm a big ronald jones guy i'd be freaking out if we got naji harris man he's by, so the, good. by the way shout out to kevin he he corrects me on my videos <laughs> uh, because i had i had levine one of my uh, recent mock drafts and he was like james it's pronounced this i said ah it's my yearly tradition of messing so, up yeah. names
2: e- ethan has literally laid out the entire name oh, levi
1: on woos or ek
0: levi on woos or ek
1: yeah on levi woo's or ek i'm just calling him levi
2: <laughs> i think it's maybe i don't know yeah levi uh, hopefully the bucks don't draft him,
1: so they don't have to deal with Le- that. levi from washington what a great guy
2: Levi, Levi from Tampa
1: from Washington. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, Kyle Trask is the pick. If Kyle Trask is picked at 32, I, I'm going to throw I, a chair. If they honestly, if they pick Kyle Trask, even at 64, they might drop their
1: grade for me to already like a C. I'd be so happy. If Trask is the pick at 32, I've seen some – this isn't going to happen. I've, just, I've, I've seen some people who love Kellen Mond so much, they want he, him to be he, the pick at he's 32. He's better than Kyle Trask. So. so what I'm saying is that if we pick a quarterback 32, I'm going to be so won't. happy next time I'm on here on
0: this show. Just, just to see the mental breakdown of sure. Evan – well, I don't know just, if it'll be a mental wait. breakdown Whoa. more than just uh, disappointment like it, with the offseason we've had so far. I feel like picking a quarterback at 32 will be the biggest whiff of the offseason.
2: Oh, my God. It'll be a three-three-two count two outs bases loaded. And uh, you you're down one and you just swing and miss.
1: i mean it'd be i'd love it uh, let's go get the qb of the future baby get the qb of the future baby pick 32 let's go
2: if the qb of the future was actually good then yeah sure but hey
1: packers traded up for jordan love anything and anything is possible
2: jordan loves better than kyle trask like let's go
1: let's go (laughs) ladies and gentlemen
2: okay real quick real quick who's going Rhett? who's going number three uh
0: Probably Mac Jones. Okay. Yeah. James, who's
2: going number three?
1: Justin Fields.
2: Okay. James, who are the Bucks picking at thirty-two?
1: Uh, uh, Gregory Rousseau. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you ask me questions, I give if, you answers. If, if the
2: Bucks' first two picks are Gregory Rousseau and Kyle Trask. I'm gonna. Oh no!
1: I'm going to be so. <laughs> I'm going to come in here,
0: like, oh my gosh, and just celebrate.
2: <laughs> Brett, who are the Bucks picking at 32?
0: Joe Tryon, edge rusher from Washington. All right, copycat.
2: Um, all right, so that that'll that'll pretty much wrap it up. I can't believe the draft is literally at this point. We're almost 24 hours away from it. It's ah, it's kind of it, crazy.
0: It's wild, man. It feels like it's sneaking up. But listen, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on this live edition of the Canon fire podcast. Our people in the chat, Kevin five, two, two, the moderator holding it down. Willie Beeman vortex been talking to us. Our buddy, Ethan, the new Kings of comedy, uh, fresh. The killer was also in real, here. real
2: quick because we haven't talked about it a ton. Sorry to interrupt. You're good. Uh, some AA, AA says, I want to upgrade Golson. well, Andrew Adams, I'm sorry, but you play for Philly now. um, <laughs> But the, the, the issue is that like Christian Barmore, is, I think, is a solid player. I have him going 17th to, to the Raiders. I just don't think he's going to be anywhere close to 32. Um, I so I just I, I don't think so. Will either of you guys be live on CFP for live draft reactions, or will you just do the usual post-draft show? Well, we will do a usual post-draft show. But, James, what do you have? cooking over there
1: i am going to be live streaming all three days of the, the entire
2: time guys the entire
1: time the, i will be starting an hour before each time the draft starts and that so will be going so we got the end
2: we got the first round starting at eight so you're gonna start at seven we yep. got the second round starting at seven so you're gonna start at six Yep. and then the day three starts at noon so you're gonna start at 11
1: Yep. So it's okay. all scheduled, all set. Everything's good on there. All I got to do is just hit the live button and go, uh, going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to be
0: having a lot of guests on there. Uh, Red, both... Red will
2: be there. I'll be there. Red, Red will yeah. be there. What day
0: one, you said, Red? Yeah. Day and... one, sometime tomorrow night, I'll be checking in and we'll talk some ball and then yeah. I'll
2: be, I'll be in there on uh day two. So,
0: yeah.
1: So that's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, have a lot of a uh, few guests from other teams as well. That'll be talking about their
0: picks and, uh, yeah going to be it's going to be awesome hell yeah make sure you guys go check it out subscribe to mr bucks nation here on youtube so you don't miss a thing follow our podcast on social media facebook instagram and twitter all of those are Cannon fire podcast best place to go for updates on the show and of course bucks news as it happens speaking of bucks news as it happens you can check out my co-host on instagram at bucks underscore daily the number one buccaneers fan page on instagram you can also find them on evan uh, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. He did not start his own social media company. Let's get that clear. Yeah,
2: you, you, can, you can find me on en- EvanNFL. my own website. Yeah, EvanNFL.com. Oh, every- That's exactly what it is. Everything, yeah. Last
0: but not least, follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thank you once again to all of our people in here. Kevin wrapping things up nicely this show stinks yes it does ladies and gentlemen we will talk to you guys after the nfl draft i am Rhett matthew signing off for my co-host evan wanish and of course our special guest james hill we'll talk to you guys later thank you so much for checking out this edition of the cannon fire podcast presented by bet online we'll talk to you later
1: thank you for listening to believe